0: (音楽) . G, awesome.
1: James, Just, how are you?
0: I'm great. It's been a while. It's been.
1: It has been a couple of years, years at least maybe. since we've spoken. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe, the, maybe one of the gatherings.
0: Gathering, maybe three or four years ago. So.
1: Yep, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There hasn't been one for a couple of years now.
0: So I should introduce you, um, Gerald Burton Batty, um, fondly known as Big G by, well, at least the Machado, Will Machado Brazilian Jiu Jitsu community, and probably lots of other people. Um, yes. Yep. So we know each other obviously through jujitsu. Um, so yeah, I started with John 21 years ago, and you were mm-hmm. training for a long time before that, I think.
1: A few years. I think I've been with John, I'm gonna guess 25 now. It might be 24, 25. So yeah, a couple of years ahead of you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So um yeah, and uh I've gotta I've gotta admit that, you know, I had a I had a bunch of people that Offered to come and chat on the podcast, Um, but yeah, this is the this is the first recording for Forged in Fire podcast, and I I chose Um. you for a couple of reasons. Um, One, I've always found you really easy to have a chat to, so Mm -hmm. you know, I made my job a little bit easier. And uh, yeah, and then also because you know, I've always respected you, um, you know, for not just your jujitsu, but You know, you're one of the people that when I started with John, you know, we're training at different gyms, but you're always, you know, super welcoming and, you know, and, uh, you know, a a very warm, warm person. So, you know, um, you know, this follows on from lots of little chats we've had at various seminars and gatherings and things over the years. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, Awesome.
1: Thanks, James. And um, yeah, what an introduction. Um, I'm, uh, I, I didn't know I was going to be number one. Um, I had heard about your project, obviously, and, and was genuinely interested in it, and um, you know wanted to support you. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's a hell of an introduction. So thank you. Um, I hope I deserve half of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's certainly been some some crossovers in the in the years that we've known each other. Um, Jiu-Jitsu would be one. I think CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I think some some MMA crossovers, and certainly a lot of relationships. Certainly a lot of mutual friends and and sort of experiences. Um, had some uh, some interest in crypto for a while, um, and, and you were part of that um, mm-hmm. early on. And um, and yeah, but uh, mate, it's, uh, it's it's really nice to be here and really nice to chat to you. And um, yeah, I think you've got some uh, some exciting times ahead with Forged in Fire um, podcast. And um, yeah, I saw your um, you know expression of interest with regards to people who might be might have something to share or something to tell. And I thought, oh, I think I might. I'm not really sure, is the honest truth. Um, but um, I guess we'll find out in, in the next little while. Um, but, yeah, mate, really honoured to be here and, and uh, you know, be, be part of what you're doing. I think it's going to be great. Yeah,
0: thanks, thanks, Gerald. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're you pretty much taking the words out of my mouth. You know, I put out a, you know, I put a comment on Facebook saying that I was looking to have some conversations with people, um, people that have maybe been through some tough times and, and come out the other side. And, um, you know, I... I absolutely blown away by the by the response from people and and you know i I, you know i want to have these conversations because i know that there always are people that are you know going through some tough times and struggling and you know and often it's very difficult to to see the other side and you know and i and i thought maybe by having some conversations with people who you know have you know see some light and they've you know maybe moved past maybe not totally, but maybe through the worst parts of you know of where they are at that maybe you know it gives a little bit of help hope and um, you know might give some ideas and some some suggestions and you know maybe some motivation or some inspiration to some to some people that are currently struggling. so you know that's why we're here. Um, yeah good. So yeah, maybe you could. Sort of share a little bit about you know you know why why you thought it might be worth having a chat you know what what's been going on for you and
1: yeah sure sure so first of all um, yeah a couple of things I kind of I um, certainly identified with the 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 call out and thought yeah you know there's. There's some, there's some tough times that, that, that you've been through, that I've been through, that, that certainly a lot of people that we know have been through that, that kind of resonate and, and, you know, some that we know about, some that we, we kind of, you know, probably remain hidden um, and, you know, I think they're important to share and I think your motivation to, to do that, to, to assist people and help people is, is certainly very worthy and, and uh, um, certainly going to work. Um, that that's been the case for me. And in, in some, you know, cool. certainly in, in times of my um, you know, some of my darkest hours has been identifying with people who have been through tough situations, certainly not a lot tougher than I have and, and come out the other side and, and, you know, turned out to, to turn those experiences into positives. And um, so I've sort of tried to do the same at times, though that's, that's often been difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a, you um, it's hard to know where to start in, in a way, in terms of uh, a story or, or where you kind of pick your, your, your sort of point of origin. But um, I feel like in, in life I've had a few kind of setbacks and a few challenges. As I said, you know, more than some, not as not as much as others. Um, and and those have those seem to be kind of um, turn into sort of exciting stories. And and uh, you know, most people don't kind of pick them or don't don't seem to. You know, they're not always obvious on the surface um but once you start to unpack some of the some of the people that we know and and you know some of the people that you have on your podcast um there's certainly a lot of layers and a lot of kind of uh, a lot more to them than meets the eye so um that's that's possibly the case with with, with me as well um and um yeah it's uh uh yeah, I suppose those examples have, have certainly carried me through. So there's people that you've mentioned, you know, John Will, for example. He's a he's a he's a primary figure for me in terms of, you know, he's certainly been through some difficult times, and and certainly stands up to, holds himself up to the light to, to say he's not perfect, and um, but to sort of you know for people to sort of you know take him or leave him according to his imperfections, and and that's certainly an example I strive to kind of um, you know live up to in terms of saying yeah okay you know there's some things. That I've that I've done that I'm not too proud of in a way, and, and there were motivations for those things that, that at the time seemed relevant, um, but um, you know now I can kind of look back on them and think, all right, they they set me up to be a better human going forwards, um, uh, and 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 you know those are ultimately worthy examples. So um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's hard to know where to start. The my my biggest turning point recently has been becoming a parent. is is probably yeah. one of the real strengths that I've found in in life uh, in the last few years, and it was a little bit unexpected, and and certainly caused me to um, have to look in the mirror a lot harder than I have in a while, and and that was a a real catalyst to kind of making some changes and some changes I'd probably wanted to make for a while, yeah. um, so. I tend to think, and, and I'm, I'm going to guess in advance. I tend to think that that might be something that that uh, you know you might find that is regular and typical of people is that that point in time or that point in life where you know you realize there was another human being that that's going to rely mm. on you for, for a long yeah. time to come, um, to be sort of a provider and a nurturer and a, and a father and and you know um, a figure of, of example that was very motivating for me and and um, I'm very thankful for actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I've got a a similar, you know, example with, you know, I I already had three children when my, when my youngest boy was, was born, but, you know, prior to, you know, prior to Mac being born, I was in a pretty bad place as well. You know, struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd struggled to manage the CrossFit gym to a degree Mm -hmm. that, you know, I probably bitten off more than I could chew. Really, really struggling, you know, probably at the, you know the depths, the you know the worst place I'd ever been. I think, you know, mentally and uh, you know, and just you know, him, the the, the actual the action of him being born just seemed to sort of give me a you know a, a spark and you know and turn me around. So I can you know I can certainly relate to, you know, the fact that, you know, that the, the child can be a real catalyst for. For making some changes so you know I'm, I'm guessing you you know you made some pretty had to make some pretty big changes or you did make some pretty big changes yeah jack,
1: jack was a real catalyst for me to uh, and by the way i've just taken my headphones off because I'm, I'm pretty sure i've selected the right device settings to not need those anymore but so i'm hoping the microphone still works okay
0: yeah yeah no it's good
1: um so yeah look historically i've uh you know been through a bit of a who's who of kind of um drama queen issues but um yeah the the key ones for me or the the key one that i really addressed for um for becoming a parent was a bit of a reliance um, on alcohol, which I, I certainly use as a, a bit of yeah. a drug of choice for a long period of time, um, or, or off and on for a long period of time. And yeah. it was something that I decided to give up um, just to be, you know, more present for him, um, to to make my time more valuable. I sort of started to realise that my time with him was was. Every moment was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I yep. sort of started to try and treat every moment with him as as that, and make it special, and make sure that I could look at, look back on those those moments with some pride. Yep. And I sort of feel like the journey with alcohol up to that point meant that I didn't always look back on my achievements and my experiences, my you know my photo albums and those types of things, um, with the sense of pride that I felt that I could have if I had sort of left alcohol out of it. So, yeah, um, I'd certainly used it or come to use it as a bit of a a bit of a drug a bit of a crutch i think we Mm. i think in australia or in society generally we kind of fall for the drugs and alcohol kind of um uh you know Mantra, and I tend yeah. to think that, that alcohol is a drug. It's just another drug of dependence, you know, the same as as methamphetamines or ice or, or marijuana or whatever your drug of choice is. And, and I've yeah. tried all of those things, by the way, and I certainly had some 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 good and bad experiences with a lot of other drugs, um, but alcohol for, was one for me that i kind of used regularly um was was, was tolerated by society and, and by the people around me many of my relationships revolved around you know the mutual sort of love of alcohol yeah um, i worked in industries like i still work in construction and i worked in hospitality as a bouncer for years and, and that is literally the mm. alcohol industry um where you know alcoholism was was very much a um very much a rite of passage and Mm. and tolerated and encouraged, um, typical Aussie bloke, uh, you know, style. I worked in fly and fly out for years, probably 10 years in the mines again, where you'd work 13 days and you'd be written off for the other day. Your your day Mm. off was spent kind of drinking and and sobering up. And again, that was, that was fine as far as, you know, 90% of the site crew were concerned. And I, I kind of got to a point where, um, Particularly with, with Jack the last few years I decided that, yeah, okay, that's, it's time To kind of put that on the shelf and leave it there yeah. um, So I pretty much did Exactly that, I've been sober for nine months um, oh, And awesome. uh, that's That's the longest I've been in, yeah. in many Many years, um, I think going Back to the, the next Longest period of time for me to be sober Would be back fighting MMA and, and that was Back when I you know, really took my health seriously I really yeah. Yeah. You know, was, was Conscious of, of how much that detracted From my physical performance um, so, and that's a good twenty years now, really, since I since I was you know actively involved in that scene and fighting you know yeah. on shows and that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's a long overdue wake up call, mm. and I'm really glad to have made it. Um, I don't miss it. I don't kind of. I, I feel like I probably, you know, may drink again in future if I feel like it, um, but um, certainly the the regular kind of drinking and the drinking to excess, I think, is a thing that I'm, I'm going to happily, you know, put behind me and, and use Jack for the the motivation not only to, yeah. to make that change but to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So
0: how, how did you? Do that, Gerald. You obviously you made the decision that you know that that it's something you needed to do. Was it was it something that you were able to just do by yourself? Or
1: that's a really, really tough question. I've been trying to do it for a while. Like I'd sort of had various goes at it myself for my own motivations over the years. Yep. And at times I've been successful in days, weeks, months mm. of, of sobriety, and kind of for, for various reasons I'd set myself little goals and, and achieve them, and sometimes I wouldn't. Um, but they weren't really very... I wasn't very committed to them. Yeah. Um, so it did... It was a bit of a... Um, I, I did use the kind of New Year's Eve resolution as, as a bit of a, a starting point. So it was yeah. New Year's Eve last year that was the last time I had a beer. Um, so... And, and I managed to kind of think, okay... Um, I was spending a bit of time with family over in the West at the time, and I was away from my son. And I was, again, a kind of bit of a pause for reflection, being, you know, I tend to find traveling has been a bit of a, a tool yep. for me in terms of getting away from my comfort zones and, and looking back at myself yeah. Um, and whether that's traveling just you know locally interstate internationally that that's that's been the case so I, this little trip back to Perth I got locked down because of COVID with the family over there
0: yeah
1: um, had a few beers on uh, New Year's Eve with my brother-in-law and um, and pretty much decided yeah you know what I'm going to kind of see how far I can go and the first sort of few weeks were as some of the previous few weeks have been you know with with trying to sort of Um, you know jump off the beers uh, difficult um, difficult to break the kind of the regular habit difficult Mm. to drive down past Dan Murphy's and wonder what what might be in store Um, and and that's an interesting yeah um, Yeah. we've got time for a few stories I'm sure but one of my I remember having a a chat with a friend of mine who you know struggles with methamphetamine addiction and we're talking about kind of our, our mutual vices and um, I was saying it's actually more difficult to be, you know, I'll use the word alcoholic. It's, it's more difficult because you're driving past, you know, dealers. You, you're driving <laughs> past alcohol dealers yeah. every yeah. day. You know, yeah. There's three or four of them on your way home. And, yeah. you know, there's and, and that's, that's all okay. There's no, you don't have to kind of meet dodgy blokes in uh, McDonald's car parks and, and do kind no. of handshake deals to, to kind of pick up your, your latest score. It's, it's right there in front of you. You can drive yeah. and do it from the corner yeah. of your car and uh you know swipe as, as you go through and barely break stride on your way home and, and kind of yeah. you know feel up for the weekend so um yeah so that, that was the motivation that was the, the sort of the pivot point for me and i just thought yeah i've just got to keep um keep off it and the first month or two was a, a little difficult um and then it, it actually got a lot easier the more time passed the, the easier it got um I struggled with lockdown last year. I found that that being locked down last year with COVID yep. was a catalyst for me for drinking, and I've managed to, to to make sure that isn't the case this year because you know here we are again, lockdown. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, so far so good. I, I deliberately left alcohol in the house so that it wasn't a matter of not having it available. I, I, I made sure that it was available, and I wasn't sort of just testing myself that way. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Okay. That was a That was something I chose to do um, to kind of prove that it was that I had the willpower to do it. Um, So yeah, that that was basically how it worked. That was that was a pivot, and and like I said,
0: so far so good. It's interesting. It's an interesting strategy because you hear so many people say, "I can't have alcohol in the house." Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that you know that it's part of your strategy is to actually have have the alcohol in the house. So yeah. Yeah, I wanted to
1: do that have been that person by the way where if I have alcohol in the house I'll yeah. if I started drinking, if I was gonna have a big Friday or a big Saturday, if there was something mm. in the house I'd i i go through it. So
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think you know alcohol is one of those things, isn't it, where you know you kid yourself, oh I'm just gonna have a glass of wine with dinner or I'm just gonna have a beer after work and yeah. you know before you know it, you've had a skimful again. And yeah. So That's um true. yeah. I um be- just before we got on, got on the podcast side, you know, I, I, I said to you, I sort of wonder whether um, like with MMA athletes in particular or people that do, you know, participate in sports that maybe generate a lot of adrenaline, a lot of excitement, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe more prone to, to alcohol and or drugs, maybe, you know, maybe looking for the, some sort of a rush. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah,
1: I do. Absolutely. I think, look I've come across a lot of people in MMA and uh more so in MMA than jiu-jitsu that are you know tend to be abusers uh, you know substance abusers it's alcohol or drugs and um so I tend to think there is that thrill-seeking mentality that that goes with some of that um Addiction. I also think addiction is one of the key words there. I think we're addictive personalities. I think Mm. people who are who are going to go as far as you need to go to to, certainly to succeed in MMA these days are probably have some kind of obsessive Mm. personality or some kind of addictive personality. It's often the trait of people who are very successful, but also can be a trait of a a, a double-edged sword in terms of you know also leading them to uh, you know not know when to stop, and, um, and that's, that was an, an issue for me. I had trouble stopping, um, whether it was alcohol, drugs, sport, um, you know, relationships, you know, jobs. There were, I've, I've tended to be an addictive personality and recognise that as, as something that I have had to come to terms with over the years and, and recognise as something that, that's worked for me at times yeah. and also worked against me um, as well And when I haven't been able to kind of control it or regulate it. So, yeah, I think MMA is a, you know, it's a thrill-seeking sport. You've got to be relatively extroverted, um, relative, you know, kind of um, dynamic in terms of your personality. So, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely some parallels there and some, some connections.
0: Yeah, I, I was interested in talking about it because that's my observation is that, you know, a lot of guys who have been fighters of all sorts, you know, MMA kick like the striking striking arts in particular you know that anything where you you know you, where there's a high risk of being you know of being hit that you know that sort of adrenaline those there seems to be a high proportion in my experience of of people who who end up using drugs and using alcohol you know quite quite heavily um but there, and then the flip side of that is also I know a lot of people who use for example use you know jujitsu as something you know to do instead of doing drugs and you know and and drinking yeah Yeah. that's right that's that's an escape as
1: well and it's and i'd I'd make the point before we kind of go down that rabbit hole of of saying that also the discipline that's required for mixed martial arts or that, that, that can be required for people to succeed depending on where they kind of find themselves in the athletic spectrum um is also almost like a a polar opposite of that kind of craziness yeah so there's actually a hot really there's a there's a uh, a mindset in the community within you know or subset of of the community that we exist in that are also highly disciplined and highly regulated and and have a very very high degree of self-control and that is is again something that can really work for them in that environment and, and potentially at times also work against them so um in life i mean so um so yeah certainly not to suggest that i think that everybody in mma is crazy and, and you know addicted to drugs and <laughs> no absolutely not um there's there's a that's that's one of the best parts of the sport whether it's jiu-jitsu or mma that is that there are subsets of of the the communities you know that are almost yeah. kind of very very diverse and, and in some cases very extreme and and you know quite crazy and addictive and, and in others no very very highly disciplined and and um you know very calm so yeah
0: um,
1: so yeah, hope that kind of rounds out that that kind yeah. of that part of the conversation. It's a, it is interesting to to kind of to, to come across those people and work out which where they fit on those those spectrums.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, one of the other things that you know, I sort of use. I've actually I've got a picture of a mask up behind me, and you know, I, yes. you know, I, I talk about the fact that we, you know, we we often wear different masks for different, you know, for different um, different circumstances and. You know, it's quite often. You know, it, you, it might be ten or fifteen years before you know somebody well enough to to actually, you know, discover, yep. you know, or for them to, you know, for you to have the sort of level of friendship where they, where they will discuss or disclose, you know, the things that they that they, you know, are struggling with, you know, that we, you know, whether it be alcohol, drugs, depression, anxiety, That's right. you know, That's right. whatever it might oh, be. And, yeah, and. You know, I, you know, some of the pe- people that have contacted me, I, you know, I, I would have to say, you know, I won't say I'm surprised because I've got an awareness of the fact that this is an issue, and obviously that's why, why I'm doing this. But, but you never know who. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people, but you never know, you never know who, and you know, and and sometimes it can be close family members and you know, and close friends that, you know, you have no, you know, no idea. So. Oh, yeah yeah i mean i and you know i've obviously got a lot of messages from people you know supporting doing this and um you know i in nearly every instance had no idea you know Yes.
1: So, yeah,
0: well, yeah yeah it is very interesting to
1: say that the mask is a real facade for us and, and it's you know for our generation you know we are both kind of Fifty odd. Um, You know that was a. The mask was something that you wore day to day and kind of got you through your encounters with people. I think there's there's another level of that mask these days with with the online facade that occurs with our media presence, like our social media presence and who who we portray ourselves to be on social media. Yeah, that becomes that's another kind of layer to that mask that that Mm -hmm. you kind of have to get through before you get to the one that where you meet people in person. There's so many of so much of our interaction. These days are online, as as this one is right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think there's almost like more and more layers to the masks occurring, and and you know whether people realise that or not is is certainly part of their kind of you know self management and and you know their self image. Um, you mentioned you mentioned depression, anxiety, and in, in, um, as part of the conversation, certainly something I've I've had a very very st- you know, strong association with depression over the years and, and really struggle with that and something that would be uh, a surprise to some. You know, mm. the, the people in my inner circle would be like, yeah, okay, you know, I oh, was going to talk about that. Yeah, okay, you know, about time. um yeah. the others would be like, wow, really? You know, I had no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember I, I lost a parent to, to suicide in the early 90s. You know, I was, I was 20 years old Yeah uh, when mum went, and that was kind of something that I didn't really depression wasn't a word that I really used or, or mm. understood. And it wasn't until I was I was doing I did some brief military service in reserves and looked at going to into the permanent permanent forces and and as part of the selection process they identified that as as yeah. um, the psychological assessments and talked to me about depression and mental health issues. And I was like, it was a new language to me completely new and I really didn't mm. understand what was what was happening or how or what that sort of meant or how far it was going to go and have been medicated you know at various times and and almost you know the, the tourist is almost institutionalized for some of the episodes that have occurred yeah you know yeah. With, with mental health and depression and you know um, you, you well know the story of losing my part of my left ear and and sort yeah. of how traumatic that was coming up to you know coming up to 20 years ago and again that was a very dark period for me in terms of the, the demons that occurred for me with depression yeah and, and yeah required a sort of lot of medication a lot of help um, and again, they were, they were sort of, I, I, I can never get past the year. That's something that people kind of, that's, that's a part of my mask that I can't change. Um, yeah. and, and interesting for me, it, it meant that I couldn't hide as much as I used to because I could, could kind of have this alter ego at work where I was sort of wear a shirt and tie and kind of polish up pretty well and, and get away right. with, you know, not having to be associated with some of the, the darker things that had happened for me. Um, and, you know, losing my, that part of my facade or part of my mask with, with the ear was a really big one for me. It was like, a, okay, now I have to acknowledge that every time I look in the mirror and, yeah. um, you know, and, and deal with the questions and the, the kind of scrutiny and the assessments and the, and the kind of almost the judgment that comes with that. Mm-hmm. so that was a real kind of again a bit of a pivot point for me and, and i i struggled with that for a long time i really did it really took me a while to come to terms with that and what it meant and and you know how it defined me so um yeah it's a the mask is a it's a it's a key key element to understanding ourselves and, and our motivations
0: yeah and i think you know we were at, like particularly our, our generation and i'm couple of years older, yeah. I'm fifty seven. I'm so I'm you know I'm close to sixty than fifty. Wow. Um didn't know that age you
1: should have um should have gone with uh fifty odd you
0: were, you <laughs> but uh, yeah we were I think we were pretty much taught to wear a mask. Like was, you know that's, that, that's also true. Yeah like it was you know it was um you know just get on with it. Do you think was start- basically the attitude. Yeah you know and yeah, like I think, you know, yeah. I
1: think I think we're we're better at Acknowledging
0: it and, and trying to challenge it, but I still think we're, we're encouraged to do it. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, and you know, I was, you know, I i was born in the UK, and you know, the, you know, the British, you know, sort of stiff upper lip uh, attitude. You know, yep. basically, you know, grin and bear it was the, you know, it, it was the catch cry, really. You know, it's and um, yeah, I I think we need to normalise the fact that people do go through a range of emotions and that, you know, the more people, I, I, I personally, I think one of the biggest problems with depression is the fact that we, that we hide it, you know, we do keep it behind the mask and, you know, we, we need to encourage people to, to talk rather than, rather than to try and grin and bear it because, you know, as, as we well know, and, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you lost family members to suicide and, you know, I've lost friends to to suicide and colleagues to suicide. Absolutely. They never said anything to anybody. Yeah. You know, and you know, and and then they're gone. You know, and uh, you know, the more we can encourage, you know, the fact that guys like you and I can, you know, can admit to, you know, yep. having periods of depression and struggling with depression, and you know, and being medicated, and you know. For sure. Um then the more other people maybe will, you know, be prepared to, you know, to step forward. And even if it's just to go to their, you know, I think a lot of guys won't even tell their doctor they are depressed, you know, you know, and, and I'd go so far as to say, they probably often people that are lucky enough to have had a lifetime GP or a GP that they've had a relationship with for, you know, for 20 years or so, they'll, Go and get their prostate checked, but they won't tell the doctor that they're struggling from depression. You know. Yeah,
1: what a what an interesting question. Which is more, which is more invasive. uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: yeah, I
1: haven't. I, I've had my prostate checked. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah up to that yeah i was, I was thinking about it, i was thinking have i yeah i have yeah. It, was a, it was a few years ago i'm probably just about due i'm about to go 50 so i'll be 50 you know this time next year yeah um, just over a year from now and, and uh yeah you start yeah. going through a few more of the old man checks or the, the middle age yeah. crisis checks but um yeah i haven't i haven't spoken to a gp about depression in i reckon 10 years and i guess I guess for me that's because I feel like I've, con- I've been in charge of it for about that long. You know, it's been yeah. about that long since it was a real problem for me. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that that couldn't change, you know. So, you know, so why mm. don't I talk to my GP about it? You know, I, you're right. I do wear the mask. I do pretend. I do, you know, um, there's, there's dark periods we go through. I, you know, went through a, a pretty tough couple of years, a couple of years ago, and I was, I was thinking about suicide all the time you know, but mm. I would never have told anyone that or I would never have, you know, I might have shared it with my sister who's probably my closest kind of yeah. confident in life yeah. and said, hey, you know, or, or she would have, it would have been less about me sharing more about her picking up on some language and saying, hey, you know, how are you really going? And she's probably the only person that really has that, are you okay chat with me that, that really matters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, you're only, uh, you know, a few bad days or, or an event or two away from, you know, potentially becoming a statistic.
0: You know, yeah you know, yes
1: yeah. um and we're surrounded by those guys you know we're surrounded by guys with facing mm. the same challenges and we still struggle to talk about suicide and say the word you know yeah in a, in a sentence and then have that be okay
0: yeah yeah i mean I, I you know i'm now eternally grateful that i knew i was going through a really bad patch and actually you know took myself to the doctor and said i need i need help you know um you know a few years ago and um yeah brilliant yeah but you know there are and and it was and it was just i realized out of the blue that i was having you know suicidal thoughts you know yeah. what if i just did this you know what if i just did that yeah. and you know i can understand how you know how quickly somebody can just be gone you know it's um yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got to keep on talking, keep on talking about it. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think
1: those things together, you know, I, I again, like I said about ten years ago, was a was a tough time for me, and um, and the last time I really had some some major life struggles to, that I can, you know, sort of put down to a particular period of time. But I think the alcohol for me really masked the you know, kind of was was my escape. And and almost there was some massive risk-taking behavior and and stuff that occurred during those times. I remember for sort of um, every weekend for for weeks and months at times kind of waking up saturday morning or sometime during a saturday and thinking wow you know like i'm alive i'm mm, almost yeah. trying to check myself till like i think yep okay i'm where am i um am i injured am i you know have i got my wallet have i got my phone like kind of how the fuck did i get home yeah um, having some sort of massive black spots to black spots and blank spots to fill in and thinking you know Looking back on that now, i thinking, why was I doing that? Why was I, why was I blanking out significant periods of time regularly to effectively being a high functioning alcoholic, maintaining a job, and kind of, mm. you know, but but living for the weekends and living for kind of, you know, that that excessive those excessive times. What was I, what was I hiding? What was I running from? And and it is, it's it's kind of building up the layers of that mask and, and yeah, trying to find um, for me sometimes there has been some major geographic changes if I if I tied some of the I've moved interstate you know punctuated some interstate sort of um, locations pretty regularly between Western Australia and and Melbourne and and if the truth be told some of those changes have come about because I've realized that I'm almost there's some self-preservation that kicks in I think if I don't yeah go somewhere else if i continue to to, to maintain the habits and the, and you know with all due respect to, to some of the friends i've got you know some of the relationships i had then i'm probably going to end up in a in a box so um coming back to melbourne a couple of times um, yeah. including the last time in 2014 was a bit of a survival um you know
0: yeah
1: action yeah
0: so um you know, I, I, one of the things that I sometimes have to remind myself too is that, you know, sometimes the things that I've seen as failures at different times. So, for example, you know, you mentioned that we both had an involvement with CrossFit. So, yes. you know, I, I I saw, you know, I, was, I went through a period of time where I saw what was going on with CrossFit Ballina under my management as a failure. Um, but, you know, looking back at it now, you know, I opened a bloody CrossFit gym, you know, I opened a CrossFit box, you know, and yeah, you changed, changed lots of people's lives, you know, or well, I had an input into changing people's lives, gave them the opportunity to change their own lives. Yep. But for whatever reason, you know, you know, things weren't going 100% to plan and, you know, and I, and I saw it as a failure at the time, you know, but... You know, it's really, you know, what 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 really happened was, you know, was I, you know, didn't make the money that I thought I was going to make, and it, you know, it wasn't wasn't ticking along, yep. making the uh, making the small fortune that I thought I was going to make, operating uh, operating CrossFit box, um, and uh, you know, I I think we put some, you know, we 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 put some strange meanings to things at times, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and maybe spend way too much time thinking, what if, oh, you know, for sure. for rather sure. than, rather than what now, you know, we think, what if.
1: I've wasted years of my life thinking, what if that's the absolute truth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. 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 Me too. You know, And it's, you know, it's funny. Like I look, I, you know, I can look back at now and laughing about having a chat with you and, you know, I think I, I, I don't really have any regrets. Like I'm not. I don't believe in regrets. You know. I don't believe in regrets. But in saying that, you know, there's plenty of things I've, you know, if I had the chance to do them again, I'd probably do them differently. You know. And yeah, that's yeah. that's
1: that's the absolute truth. And if I grabbed. Um, if I grabbed a, a meaning or a message out of, I guess, spending some time talking to you tonight and, and you know, what this might sort of mean for others, there's, there's, there's a couple of things you just mentioned. So the first one is opening a CrossFit box is, is awesome. Like it's like it's, you've created a sanctuary and a haven and a, and a yeah. place for people to come and train and, and you know, work through their, their demons at your place and put their lives on hold for an hour while they come in. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing, whether it's yeah. CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu or MMA, you know, they coming to a gym, it's an escape. It's as much about the physical escape as it is mentally and emotionally.
0: Yeah. So yeah. there's
1: a good chance that that some of the people who walk through your doors and that you would still, you know, have on your phone list and your contact list and still call friends yeah. have found genuine meaning and, and sort of genuine ability to change their, their own mm-hmm. situations through what you provided at your gym. Yeah. And that was the same experience for me is, mm-hmm. is that was opening my own gym and fast forward crossfit for me was also a, a failure if you care to kind of, you know, put put up put the business kind of metrics up on the wall and look at how much money I put in versus how much it, it profit. Yeah. I think we maybe had one or two profitable months in the whole time it was open. Yeah. Um so a huge investment of time and energy and emotion and money for for outcomes that that really, you know, were sort of felt like failures at the time. And I spent a lot of time crying into beer and, and whatever else I could yeah. find to kind of get over that. Yeah. Um, but for many other people, I've still got people that talk about what a great experience that was, what a great gym that was, how they never realised how great that gym was until they left and went somewhere else and then kind of, you know, were, were frustrated to find that I'd gone into business when they they tried to come back. And, I, and I'm sure yeah. people say the same thing about CrossFit Ballina. So... There's that, and I guess, as a, as a clear message, you know, what we've just discussed in terms of having no regrets but um, kind of being the age we are and, and having the realisations that you've got is, you know, for, for others who might be on the call that are a bit younger than us or, or you know, listen to this, start now. Like, don't... Yeah. Don't don't kind of get to you know for me at forty eight and for you at you know mid fifties to kind of be having some of those realizations. You can have those realizations earlier and make some changes, yeah. and you know not not necessarily have to go through the same sacrifices that we might have made to to get mm-hmm. to this point. So I wish I had I wish I had Jack a lot earlier. He like I said yeah. he's been a real pivot for me that I can't you know put on hold or I can't procrastinate about you know. he's <laughs> He's there, you know, and he's yeah. right there. And he's not taking no for an answer. And, you know, so I've got to be present. I've got to be there. I've got to kind of, you know, be the man I need to be to, to be his father. Um, it would have been, I, I kind of feel like if we talk about I wish, you know, and what if I kind of, I wish that that had happened for me earlier and I might have taken some of the opportunities to be a dad earlier. And, and what if I'd been a dad in my, my 20s or 30s? And yeah. those opportunities kind of came up and passed for, for various reasons. So, um, you know, I kind of look back and think, you know, what, what what kind of man would I be if I'd had that that motivation and real inspiration and commitment earlier, and and not been so selfish in a way, you know, and been and having no one to really care about but me. Yeah, you know, I, I could be selfish. I could waste that time. I could waste, you know, I could be that addictive kind of um, person and kind of burn all the all of that opportunity and I'm sort of I'm a little bit frustrated with myself that I that I have gotten here but I'm also looking at the remainder yeah. of my career and, and the remainder of my life and thinking I've still got a, a load of time to yeah. learn from those inverted common mistakes yeah. and, and you know build on those experiences and I've still got some amazing relationships to to, to nurture and to, yeah. to kind of enjoy so particularly particularly the one with my son so, yeah. um, you know, as you say, no regrets, um, just a matter of kind of turning those um, those turbulent years into some, you know, some probably turbulent years going forward. So there'll, there'll be some ups and downs, but um, yeah. ideally more productive and positive. And, and as I said, um, I feel like I'm going to have a, a greater sense of pride in,
0: in what mm. I'm going to do compared yeah. to some of the things I've done. Well, maybe to, um, well, to quote, well, I'll probably misquote our coach, John Well, yep. I, I, I believe I heard him say, "Where you are right now is where you need to be." Yeah. Yep. And um, and I've you know and I, knowing John, he probably said it in the context of both BJJ and life in general. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, it's one of it's it's uh, it's something that he said that I might not have used the exact words, but you know, it, it's sort of you know. I I I really get that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. an amazing human being. I I remember from my very earliest experiences of John that I would I liked it more when he'd stop teaching jujitsu and start talking about life than when he taught jujitsu. And I loved him talking about jujitsu. Like for those times, I still have actually somewhere not very far away which is one of my most precious things, I have a, a, a diary of all of my original kind of lessons with John. Like in the yeah. late 90s, I used to come yeah. home and write for as long as, a, a, you yeah. know, probably longer yeah. I would write a diary than I had spent on the mat. And I think that got yeah. me a lot of progression early in terms of my jiu-jitsu, mm. but also in life, because, you know, a lot of what John spoke about from his experiences, and, you know, he's, he's a generation ahead of us, well, yeah. um, kind of... Uh, He's um yeah. you know, he's really got some great stories to tell. And I think, you know, you've got some great stories to tell, and I feel like I might have. And and, you know, there's yeah. probably people that that were at CrossFit Duncan and Fast Forward CrossFit that liked it when we stopped, you know, talking about barbells and, and started kind of talking yeah. about
0: yeah. You
1: know, a, a bit of life as well.
0: So yeah.
1: um, yeah, it's uh it's it's good to reflect like that. I think um, I think those positive role models are, are, yep. are key factors in, in our you know, success, whatever we choose that to be.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm. Um, you know, I I'm glad that I was old enough when I started at at Geelong. So I I, I think I I started in early 2000 training with John, and um, so I was already 35, 36, um, and. I was old enough to appreciate what he was. And I think, you know, I hope everybody at, at uh red cat Academy as it's now called. Um, yes. yeah. I, you know, I hope they realize the, you know, the, the quality of the coach that they have, you know, that in a lot of cases they've got just by virtue of the fact that that's the door that they walk through. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, we definitely got lucky. There's, yeah. Yeah. there's some amazing Jiu-Jitsu coaches in, in Australia, but I think we've got yeah. an amazing life coach as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very lucky. And, you know, and all the people that, you know, that that we probably met as a result of being in that circle and being in a circle that, that um, you know, that you wanted to stay in. You know, I mean, I tried lots of things before I went and trained there, you know, I, you know, I dipped my toe in the water with, you know, with a few different, few different martial arts and, um, and never stuck in anything. Yep. And, uh, you know, walked into John's gym, you know, in 2000 and, you know, here we are in 2021, still doing jiu jitsu. So, and, you know, and hopefully for many more years, yeah. Gerald, um, I don't know how long we've been talking for, probably nearly 45 minutes. Um, I really, I I really appreciate you, you, um, you coming on, on this podcast Um, just in, you know, in, in wrapping up, do you have any sort of advice for people, you know, um, you know, any, any sort of strategies or, you know, any sage advice on, you know, people that are a little bit stuck at the moment, you know? Anything yeah, in look,
1: Great, great question. I probably should have thought about the answer and um, a lot more before I uh, jumped on and, and, and shot from the hip. I don't really have any, any you know, kind of meaningful quotes or, or um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a lover of poetry. I'm a bit of a lover of, of kind of, you know, music and... and yeah. Um, and song and there's plenty of kind of you know lyrics or or, or quotes or or poems that I could recite that um, that I think would would be a little bit meaningful but I I just think for people who want something um, a little different or a little more than what they've got you've just got to go get it you've just got to kind of um, and not in the kind of cheesy just do it cliche the Nike cliche but um, you know you've really just got to find you know something meaningful for you to make the change and like i said for me it's jack it's my little man you know that's that's he's he's caused me to become you know to to really face up to a few issues and, <laughs> and address some some things for me i'm sort of i've started with some some you know substance abuse and, and addiction issues and, and sorted those out i've been working on some health issues yep. um, i'm working on some finance issues which most of the people on my facebook are probably sick of hearing about um, but yeah i think it's just a matter of 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 you know deciding when you're really going to pivot and and having a go surrounding yourself with People that can assist you with those changes, maybe keeping those people that, that have been a little bit toxic for you at a distance for a while until you've yeah. kind of gotten yourself to a point where you can manage those people in, in your life, yeah. um, and just you know continue walking forward, continue walking towards those goals. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, awesome, Gerald. Thank you so much.
1: Absolute pleasure. I
0: really, I, I really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's not leave it another another three or four years before we yes. have a chat. Hopefully, um, hopefully the board is open and I can come back over to Victoria and we can catch up for a roll. Sounds good, mate. Look forward to it. Cheers. See you big days. Cheers, man. Thank you.